0: Today on the Forgiven Nutritionist podcast, I talk with Susie Malat. She is a certified yoga teacher and founder of Yoga is Served. Susie's teaching philosophy revolves around the belief that yoga is a profound healing tool, and she strives to create a safe, welcoming space for her students to breathe, move, and rediscover their inner balance. Susie has become a sought-after expert in the realms of stress management, depression relief, and anxiety control. Here's a clip from today's conversation. So
1: even that full diaphragmatic breath, the diaphragm being a, a muscle in our body that tends to get um, sad and flabby without use, just like our biceps and triceps. But when you do start to breathe deeply, you give, I mean, even just now, take a few slow, big belly breaths where you're opening up into the very base of your, of your rib cage, into the base of, into that um, diaphragm, And you can feel the belly start to expand your physical belly and your organs start to get that massage. And all of a sudden (laughs) you're digesting your food better, metabolizing better. And yay, just with some, with some proper breaths, you're helping yourself to, um, to improve that, that nutritional, um, uptake that
0: we get with our food. Hey everyone, just a quick break to show some gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. Pendulum has probiotics that help heal your gut. They have one specifically designed to help if you suffer from gas and bloating. It's called butyricum. Butyricum is a targeted probiotic strain that can naturally be found in the gut microbiome. It has been shown to target multiple pathways in the gut that are linked to GI symptoms. All of their products are clinically studied and third-party tested for quality. Check out all of their products by clicking the link in the show notes and use code FORGIVEN for 20% off your first month membership. Welcome, Susie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Wendy. It's so
1: good to be here.
0: Well, I'm really glad that you're on because now with the new year, um, uh, I really want my listeners to kind of really start to think about getting a little more active, uh, especially if they're sedentary, which I know that a lot of people uh, can be a little more sedentary, especially with... Coming Just out of coming out of COVID, I think a lot of people are still finding it difficult uh, getting active. And and I was recently introduced to yoga for the first time this year, and I kind of loved it. It was very therapeutic. So why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into yoga?
1: Oh, well, uh, my name is Susie, and I am a yoga teacher. I am formally trained in two different kinds of yoga because I do love it so much and when i found yoga i was coming to it from a very broken place in my life um, where i was healing from eight broken ribs and i had just a multitude of different things going on in my spine and i really it was fix your life or or die i really felt in those moments at 37 i had broken eight bones in my ribs from being so malnourished from being a smoker from 20 years um, Yeah, you don't meet many yogis that smoke, which I don't smoke anymore. Thankfully, yoga really does help you to clear up those interesting habits that you might have um, back in the day. But I came to yoga very, very broken. And so even that first session that we did somewhere right around this time of year, end of the year, the Christmas tree was still up. um, And it had such a big impact on me. And in my life, I started to sleep better. I started to smile more. My pain was relieved. I started to crave this quiet time and we started to do these yoga classes, 15 minutes at a time. And let's do another one. And I'm, when I'm talking about we, I mean my husband now, he's my husband. Now we've been together for 13 years. And so we kind of have this um, therapeutic yoga that we do together all the time, which is really nice to have that in, in the home. And then the kids see us being healthy, which is nice. And then they don't create those bad habits that brought me to 37 years old and eight broken ribs. And so yoga, um, specifically the mind body connection, using the body to calm the mind, using the mind to heal the body. It just made so much sense to me. And I started to heal in really big ways. And so, I signed up for yoga teacher training, got my first 200 hours um, through Kani Kamari, which has had an energy healing and an Ayurvedic uh, per- proponent to it. And my mind was blown I, again and again because I had fallen in love with the breathing part and the movement part and how I felt so much better and looser and stronger. And I stood up tall and I smiled more. I noticed the world with those smiling eyes instead of those I'm in so much pain eyes. And from the movement, we moved into learning about the energies of the body, which is really working with the nervous systems and the chakra systems and all of these things that make us feel alive and energetic and more than just this body that we have. And then the Ayurveda, which is cooking, cooking for the type of life that you have and the type of constitution that you have. And if you're having any gut symptoms or pain symptoms, you can always find some recipe from Ayurveda that is gonna help you to calm the inner beast. And my life just changed again and again and again. So eight years later, many hours of training, so many hours of teaching, and my life has changed over and over again. And um, I'm so pleased to be sharing the joy and the science of yoga.
0: Well, and and I know when you and I had met uh, fairly recently is when you were doing um, your month-long outdoor yoga um, in a little town close by. And um, it was fantastic because the one or two times that I had done yoga, it was indoors. But doing it outdoors was a whole new experience. Um, I definitely felt more grounded and And it was uh, the breathing felt better. The movement felt better. The whole thing just felt a lot better. (laughs) So I definitely uh, fell a little more in love with yoga when I did that. So that was good. I definitely definitely saw that side of it for sure. There is
1: something magical about that outdoor yoga. There really is, (laughs) especially you said grounding, and that is like a physical thing that we do when we're outside on the earth. So Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you found those benefits out there.
0: Yeah, I wish I didn't work, because I would have gone every day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe next year you'll rearrange your schedule.
0: (laughs) So um, a lot of people, uh, and myself included, to be honest, until I went through school and we started talking about yoga and Ayurveda, um, I really kind of had this weird thought about what yoga was. Um, And I mean, I saw people walking around with the mats and everything, but I didn't really know what yoga was I just thought it was definitely something that wasn't for me so maybe you could explain to the listeners a little bit about yoga because maybe they it's a little foreign to them as well
1: this is my favorite question what is yoga because the standard answer the sign or the definition of the word yoga just means union or to join or to yoke and to me that always meant Joining your mind with your body, joining your thoughts with your spirit, joining your actions with your life, and learning how to become more and more mindful in everything you do. Yoga typically, especially um, modern yoga, typically focuses on the asana part of it, which is the postures, the downward dog, the tree pose, the sun salutations, the sitting on the mat and uh, breathing afterward. Um, but really it was meant to be a whole system where it wasn't just the work that we did on the mat. It was the work that we did off of the mat too the way that we stood in our daily life, the way that we treated ourselves and others, the way that we took care of ourselves, the way that we took care of the people around us, the things around us and learning how to incorporate lifestyle, eating and those Postures and the breath techniques to lift and lift into a higher state of being human. I like to say um, a, a higher state of meditation, a higher state of of vibration. And um, we use all of those tools to create a whole. To we use those tools to create a more vibrant, youthful form of ourselves. Each time we step onto our mat, we're offering ourselves a chance to heal, to stand a little taller, to breathe a little deeper. And so yoga really is the postures, the breath. And as you start to do those things, it starts to build into those lifestyle choices where you do wanna eat better, where you do understand that if you um, take care of your neighbor, your neighbor will take care of you. And so um, yoga really, it's whatever you want it to be. We have certain postures that we do, and sometimes they're very by the book, but especially nowadays, which I love so much, people are getting more and more intuitive about what asana means. And instead of taking those standard Um, sun salutations they're even putting some dance into it we have vinyasa flow which is um, a very dancing movement meditative form of a sun salutation where you're reaching and you're bending and you're flowing with your breath very intuitively very um, we're standing up we're going down we're having plank pose and it creates this whole body wellness it creates this whole body Cohesiveness, where our systems can talk to each other and help us to heal what ails us and helps us to step into a more vibrant version of ourselves.
0: The thing I liked about yoga for me is you do have to really force yourself to see, okay, how am I standing? What does it feel like when I'm just literally standing in one spot? What do I feel on my feet? Do I feel like I'm off balance? You know little things like that, and it really forces you to think like. Oh, okay. So then you do have to figure out how you can stand differently. Even, even before you start lifting a leg or moving an arm or anything like that, it, it just really draws your attention. You start to connect with yourself.
1: Right. I remember standing at my kitchen, and one of the um, things that I really do come to my mat for is for my spine health. And I have a lot of things that go on. So I'm standing in my kitchen at the kitchen sink bending over to load the dishwasher. And I'm like, oh wait, let me hinge from the hips and soften my knees to to reduce the strain on my spine. And you almost have to physically think it word for word, let me fix how I'm doing this. But then it does become that pattern and that habit where every time now I I lean down to put that plate into the dishwasher, I'm holding myself with that care and with that mindfulness preventing for future injuries, which is one of my favorite benefits of yoga, is that it prevents future injuries um, and future problems. And so I love that about yoga too. I love that you do yoga. I love that you're so new to it too, because right away you can start to feel those benefits, even three or four classes in, you can start to feel those benefits and then you start to crave more. What else can I do to feel this good? They do say that humans have no idea how good they're supposed to heal, how or have no idea how good they're supposed to feel. But I actually like that little uh typo in my speech where I said have no idea how good they're supposed to heal, because that's what the body does. Yeah, the body heals from a paper cut to a bruise to a chronic disease or illness. If we give the body the right parameters, it will heal what ails it. Mm-hmm. And it's just so magic to me. And that's what I try to bring into my teaching. Um, I use, there's so many different forms of yoga too, where people can really find the one that works for them and make it work. There's a lot of discussion in my world about um, if it's not traditional yoga, it's not proper yoga, and we shouldn't be um, using it um, in modern day, except yoga is a science. And science is meant to change. It's supposed to have hypothesis and we're supposed to test things out. And so if you're in a hot room doing a strong vinyasa flow where you're hearing the loud music and sweating all over your yoga mat and you leave just (laughs) needing three showers to get over all of the sweat or you're doing by the book Hatha yoga from, um, from the Hatha yoga Pratapika, just following step by step, whatever it is that you're doing in your life. That's right. If that's the one that gets you to that feeling of power in your body, peace in your mind, then I say, go for it. I say, don't worry about the rules, make your own rules up, do what feels good, mix and match and find it. Find the one that works for you.
0: I completely agree. And and it's the same thing that I try to tell some of my clients when I'm meeting with them one-on-one where, you know, yes, what your friend or your neighbor or your sister eats um you know that may work well for them but that may not work well for you or suit you and your needs or maybe it's just right now that it may not work maybe later on you can reintroduce it um so that's that's good that yoga can kind of flow ebb and flow with you and your needs and you know you may like something what now and maybe later on you'll you'll want to change something too which is Which is good, because I want people to know that they have the freedom to do something, especially if they're not used to doing it. I want them to feel like it, it could be something that they can do.
1: I completely agree. And it's so important that people know that there is a way for you. There were times in my practice where all I did was something called Yoga Nidra. Uh, which is lying in a comfortable shavasana, lying flat on your back. You can have pillows and props. You can cover up your blanket, uh, cover up your body. You can cover up your eyes and lie there and just listen to a meditation and listen to these instructions to bring your body into a state of calm, to let the nervous systems trade places. And they've done these studies where it's not only good for simple stress, and relaxation. But even for the more traumatic things like PTSD, they do something called I-Rest with the soldiers that really help to, and that's an offshoot. It's somebody took the traditional, made it their own, and is helping all of these soldiers overcome whatever it is that they do to keep us safe, to keep us um, safe and sound at home. And so, Yoga is not just learning how to stand on your head or sweating in that hot room or doing traditional postures It can be a guided nap. It can be a kundalini yoga where uh, you really do a lot of repetitive sometimes very intense moves and you can chant and you can breathe in crazy ways and it's all trying to get this response from the nervous systems all trying to get the energy coming up the spine and all trying to give us that most vibrant and healthy version of ourselves each and every time, every time we step on our mat, that's what we're doing. Even if our mat is our bed.
0: (laughs) Well, and I know that you mentioned um, so far in our conversation, quite a few things that yoga can do, but maybe um, you can kind of recap those and maybe add some that maybe you forgot just so they have whoever's listening can kind of go back and think, okay, all these things can be achieved with yoga. Um, like you said, uh, just getting some peace and calm. If you experience anxiety, that can be one. So what are some other things that, that yoga can do?
1: I feel like I am not even understating this, that yoga can help you to achieve anything. If you are depressed, it can help you to get out of bed. If you are prone to anxiety and panic, it can help you to breathe through those moments. It can help you to empower yourselves to yourself to um, recognize that panic is something that's coming into the moment and that you can use the tools that you learn on the mat to acknowledge it and then send it away. Yoga helps us to heal our bones, our joints, become more flexible in our body. We get to sleep better, release our stress. It helps. Um, one of my favorite st- uh, ways that yoga helps is with neuro, the neurodivergent, uh, community out there, the ADHDers, the dyslexias, the, uh, all of the people who, learn in different ways who speak in different ways who think in different ways and want to use those things as their superpower that it is to um, help others like them one of my favorite things that i love is when i do start to share my story when i do start to say how childhood depression was my bestie and how i would even go as far as self-harm in the form of pulling the hair out of my head for about 30 years. That's a symptom of ADHD. Nobody nobody knows that, that all of these things, when you are so sensitive to the world, when the world is brighter and more s- loud to you than it is to everyone else, then you can use these tools of yoga to build up your bubble, to build up your... Um, Uh, energy we mask so much in this community where we make ourselves smaller we make ourselves um, less of a problem to those around us that we forget who we are and when we start to open up and when we start to expand and we let our colors fly and we let our weirdness just be the guide then magic happens I never mattered before I found yoga in my life i was a wallflower i was an afterthought i stood in a room like this hoping no one noticed me and and now i help people heal in their life and to me that is no small thing what does yoga do for people (laughs) yoga helps people find their inner magic and be brave enough to use it it heals us physically Mm -hmm. it gives us strong legs it gives us tall posture But what it really does is it helps us to be bigger in our energy, to stop being shy, to stop making ourselves smaller, and to live the life that we want to live. Yoga makes us brave and unlimited. I'm not understating this. I am not understating this. The thing with yoga, though, you have to show up. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing. You have to come at it with a sense of play. Um, and, and you just have to do the work and, and let feel the feels. A lot of times the quietness of yoga. Shavasana is considered the hardest and the easiest pose because all we do is lay there quietly. But sometimes when you lay there quietly, that inner voice that you shove down, that inner heart that you shove down starts to whisper to you. And sometimes that voice is hard to hear. And so we avoid the quiet and we avoid that voice. But the more that we do yoga, the more that we learn how to be strong and steady in our body and in our mind, the more we can listen to that voice and realize that that's our true voice. We don't need to be afraid of it. It's everything else that came in that changed our mind and made us stand a little smaller. We can listen to that voice. We can speak that truth. And yoga helps us do that. Oh, Wendy, I could go on and on. What does yoga do for us?
0: Oh, everything, <laughs> everything. <laughs> well, and um, sometimes a lot of the the mental and emotional things are some of the harder things um, to really work through and work on and discover and really heal. Um, a lot of people want to know what kind of um, physical things that it can help with. And I know that for me, it really helped with my stability, even though just those handful of times I went, I I didn't realize how unstable I was just in standing or walking. And, and um, you know, you don't think about that growing up because, you know, at the time when you're young and at the time I had done gymnastics, so, you know, I thought I was pretty stable back then. And I guess we all, you know, bounce back quickly when we fall down. But you know now we're older, and if we don't work on those types of simple things, um, we can lose them. And so that's one of the things that I um, enjoy yoga for as well, because um, uh, there's three million each year in the ER from fall injuries, and um, you know I don't want to be one of those fall injuries that happens in the ER. You know, and and. Of 300,000 of those are just for hip fractures because people had fallen. And, and you know, when they fall, Yikes. they can also get traumatic brain injury, too, which is a whole other problem as well. And in 2015, there were um, $50 billion that um, was from fall injuries, and 75% of that was handled by Medicare and Medicaid. So that definitely tells you the age bracket that unfortunately is doing these falls. And so I'd like to address some of my stability now, so that way hopefully as I do get older and progress, um, I can be a little uh, more stable on my feet and be able to catch myself if I do start to fall. So hopefully there's some listeners out there that can think, oh yeah, okay. And maybe if they're already in the Medicare and Medicaid age, they can think, okay, let me start working on some of my stability now. It's not too late, I promise you.
1: <laughs> it's not too late, I promise you. And it's not too early either. Mm-hmm. Learning how to be stable in your body and learning how to not fall or to fall gracefully. Like you said, it does start with a kid. We, we're, we're maybe a little bit more used to it when we're a kid because right. you know, we're, we're more of a risk taker. But um, yeah, yoga really for the stability and learning how to stack your joints from the bottom to the top, learning how to become really conscious of how you're standing to look forward to be aware of where you're about to step how you're standing and having that core strength to keep you uplifted having that state of mind to keep that posture open and yeah yoga for longevity is huge and yoga for longevity starts if you're if you're eight years old doing yoga with your mama which i hope everybody does (laughs) hopefully not everyone waits until like Later in life, I hope they find it young so that they can have all of the magic start to happen for them earlier. Um, But yoga, um, really whatever age you are, it helps you to age gracefully. It helps you to become a more vibrant and awesome version of yourself. At 48, I'm 48 years old, I feel so much more vibrant, so much more in control Mm -hmm. of my life, my path than I was at 37, I was a medical biller. I was in this dark little dungeon of an office inputting numbers, Medicare, Medicaid, they pay for yoga. That's how powerful it is. Medicare would rather pay for silver sneakers, yoga classes for our seniors than to have them slip and fall. That's how powerful a tool yoga is. And um, so from that little entry jo- uh, data entry job, I grew into this Powerful voice in healing and in wellness and injury prevention, injury recovery, Mm -hmm. surgery prevention, surgery recovery. Um, uh, Personally, my, I have a form of arthritis that I always say wrong. Ankylosing spondylitis, ankylosing spondylitis. Um, I have fibromyalgia, vitiligo, um and the other one that I can't think of oh well it's not a it's not a thing but it um scoliosis there you go scoliosis and so yoga helps me with all of those things fibromyalgia you might approach your practice a little bit differently than someone without it especially if you're in a flare-up especially if you need a little bit more padding a little bit more tenderness with your practice it doesn't mean that you can't move through those sun salutes it just means that you're going to offer yourself a little bit of TLC on your way down. And um, all of these circulation problems, anything with your heart, diabetes, type one and two, yoga helps with all of these things. It helps us to keep that, that blood circulating in a healthy and fresh way. It helps us to um, become more lit up in our brain, which can help to even prevent Alzheimer's and dementia. It can help to alleviate the symptoms of Alzheimer's and dementia and healthy aging at any age. I, I, I know someone who's 17 years old with rheumatoid arthritis Mm. would greatly benefit from, from the practice of yoga. And it's not just those postures. Like I said, once you do those postures, you start to listen to that voice that says maybe that. Bucket of fries and that soft drink isn't the way to go. That was my personal lovey. Oh man, did I love a soda back in the day. <laughs> That's not good I've, for you. And yoga yeah, helps you to yeah. feel, to, to do that, right? Yeah. Not in any circumstances.
0: <laughs> well, and another thing that people don't realize too is anytime you exercise, exercise even with yoga, um, and you build muscle, because you can build muscle now. It's not going to be, um, you know, I'll call it Arnold Schwarzenegger muscle. Um, But you can definitely build muscle while you're using yoga. Um, There's one doctor that I love, and she always says that muscle is the mop. And so it soaks up all that extra glucose and uh, sugar that's floating around in your blood. So the more muscle that you have, it's going to help it from floating around in your blood because you don't want it floating in your your blood. So muscle is the mop. If you get anything out of this too... just remember that. So, yoga is great for soaking up all the, those excess blood sugars. So,
1: <laughs> I'm going to remember that. Muscle is the mop. That makes total sense. Yes. And the yeah. more muscle that you can have as you age, I teach a lot um, in the senior community, and a lot of the things that we do are, are moves that help us to walk up the stairs as we mm-hmm. age, to keep the muscles, to keep the balance, to keep that forward moving strength. And um, a lot of it is just body body weight. You can s- drop into a chair pose and start to build your leg strength. You can do a supported plank pose on your knees at the wall in the chair. There's so many ways to find yoga nowadays and you start to build that upper chest and core strength with a plank pose. You can work on your balance even if you're standing on both feet there are ways to start to um, move off of your center of gravity to work on your balance yoga is your preventative measure yoga is your prescription for longevity yoga really is it helps you to be strong to stand straight to be strong even just being able to reach up into your cabinet to get your own coffee cup out of the drawer out of the door and being able to bend down and take care of your pet your dog <clears throat> you know it yoga just adds so many benefits to your daily life the hour you let you spend on the mat the 20 minutes you spend on the mat can really um, start to build that foundation for those better choices and that better self-care better self-awareness
0: I'm definitely glad that you said, you know, 20 minutes, because I think that people think that you have to work out for a long period of time or you have to do yoga or some type of exercise for a long period of time. And it really does not take a long time. Um, and, and especially when you start, I mean, if you do it for three minutes a day, that's three more minutes than you did it the yesterday. So (laughs) start small. and Well, and that's exactly
1: It, it. Turn on your favorite song, take some deep breaths, move your body and just notice the spark in your energy, your physical mood. Um, there's postures that I teach to help people to release physical depression so that you can go from feeling lethargic and heavy to feeling calm and relaxed. Instead, there's ways that I help people to feel grounded and, um, really just secure in their own body, which can really help in a panic attack. I have talked myself and others out of more panic attacks than I can count. And the tools that I learned on the mat, um, really kind of went along with the tools that I met in the, that I learned in the therapist's office, which I was surprised. I was in talk therapy for a little while of time with a great therapist. Um, that I loved so, so much. And I met her right um, before my yoga with journeys, my journey with yoga started. And we would meet, I think we only had like six sessions, but that's the magic of of something like that. You can get a lot out of six sessions. And one of the things that she taught me to do was to physically ground, to press your feet down into the ground, to press your thighs into the chair, to press your back into the chair, talked myself out of a panic attack on a gondola, going up a Colorado mountain with a dog in the tram with us. And the people across from me did not even know I was having a panic panic attack. I'm gripping Jason's leg and tears are streaming, (sighs) but I was grounding and I was using my breath and I was using the tools that I learned and they didn't even know I was having a panic attack. And to me, that is priceless that I could, do my self-care and nobody was looking at me like I was the weirdo freak in the room because I, the tram stopped. No one else was bothered. I get that. But sometimes your nervous systems don't understand that you are safe. And so when you can use those tools to remind yourself, I'm still sitting here, imagine, I'm like still gripping Jason's leg. I'm like still on the tram. (laughs) So you just got to let it go.
0: (laughs) So maybe, um, you can give us some kind of foundational poses or mention a few poses. And I'd like you to, um, if you could um, share some for people who are more, not that they're necessarily chair bound, but I know that you're big into chair yoga. Um, But for those that either a, maybe they're sitting at their office desk and they'd like to just do a pose now and again between, you know, calls with a, a client or, that do or have a more sedentary lifestyle to start doing some, some poses to build some of that core strength and maybe just breathing or, or something like that. And then maybe tell us some other foundational poses that maybe someone can do that is more willing to get out on a mat or go stand on the ground.
1: Ooh, okay. Um, all right. We'll start with the chair all right so chair yoga is um wonderful for all ages you can be especially in this day and age a lot of us work with technology almost all day every day and we're in front of that computer screen sitting in that chair and there's two ways to kind of approach a chair yoga practice and chair yoga is one of those a chair for a yoga practice is one of those tools that you may or may not need now and you may or may not need later. And so you just use it as a tool. A lot of people think that chair yoga is less than, and I do not at all agree. Any kind of yoga that you're doing where you're being mindful. And a lot of times when we're sedentary, um, we're in pain. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it's not because we have any kind of trauma or we're um, recovering from anything, but when you're just sitting on the couch and you're not moving your body and your bones are getting compressed, And your joints are losing their space and you're just like sinking in and you just start to create all of this funk in in your body. And so even if you're just sitting on the couch, literally, you can just start to bounce a little bit and add some um, reverberation into the body. And one of my favorite actual cat-cow poses is really a cat-cow or um, a yoga movement. I gave it away. I said my cat-cow movement. One of my favorite yoga poses for um, spine health and for releasing that pain is cat-cow. And cat-cow in the chair um, is is even more, but be- has an extra benefit to it because of the compression underneath your sit bones. And so if you are chair-bound, I do recommend um, instead of a soft chair, you do get up and sit on a more firm chair. Don't sit on your couch. And maybe don't even sit on your hard wood kitchen chair, but somewhere in in between, get that one that's just right. And you just start to rotate from the tailbone um, where you tip your tailbone back and you bring your belly forward and you bring your heart up and you can stretch the front of your spine open. And then you curl and round like a cat, but you you, you have to start from the tailbone so that you can get that little bit of a massage in with the chair. And that can help to alleviate all of that stiffness from sitting, And even just five or 10 breaths with that um, can really not only reduce that physical pain, but give you that little bit of energy boost. The inhales on purpose as you're stretching into the back bend, the exhales on purpose as you're going into that stretch, it really does start to reset the nervous systems. It starts to reset us on that physiological level where our body can come to, peace um, if you're working on breathing there's ways to do sun salutations in the chair Sun salutations are in almost every yoga um, tradition it's a really good way to stretch and strengthen the body whether you're on the mat or the chair that's kind of um, way to stretch tall and then you also have those strengthening elements of the, the plank pose and the downward dog and you can also do those on the chair or in the chair or using the chair as a prop so a lot of times you can use the chair not only for sitting in and doing a chair practice but you can do it as a standing practice and then use the chair to help you in your forward folds help you in your downward dog help you in your plank where you're taking some of that weight off and using it for stability and a great way to build strength to, especially yoga or for longevity, you want to keep those muscles strong so that the joints stay stable so that you keep walking forward are those balance poses. And one of the most common pose is tree. And tree pose can be very, very intimidating to people if they think that they're supposed to look like the person who's been doing tree pose a hundred times. Um, But when you're coming to it and you're approaching it with that beginner, joyful, playful mind, hey, I'm a kid just learning how to stand on one leg, you can use a chair. You can use the wall. You can keep both feet on the ground as you learn to balance. And so yoga is for every age, every ability.
0: Well, and I'm definitely glad you even mentioned um, that if somebody wants to stand up and use the chair as a prop, too, because I hadn't even personally thought of that. You know, I was just thinking that somebody would be sitting more, but yeah, standing um, because I'm just thinking of a few a handful of people, um, and especially I would imagine that would be great if you've just had a surgery or something like that. That would be definitely good, you know, movement and exercise to do at home where you can do some yoga poses and and use that chair for stability and and do some of the same poses. But you know, you maybe you're not able to do it on your own, but like you said, you can use it as as a as a tool to to help hold you stable. That until you learn or can build your own strength and, and do it on your own.
1: Or maybe you use the chair or the wall your whole practice. It really is. Um, it's, it's meant to be there to help you, to meet you where you're at. And that's one of the things that yoga is really good at, too, is helping us meet ourselves where we're at and not how we wish we were or how we want to be or how we used to be, which is a big thing, especially as we get older, we get very angry at ourselves when we can't do the same things that we used to do, instead of just meeting ourselves wherever it is that we're at in the moment, not even worrying about what yesterday was or what tomorrow will bring, but just being in the moment, being grateful for this breath, being grateful for this body, even if it isn't perfect, even if it is in pain, even if it is recovering from something, meeting ourselves where we're at and just going from there i'm not going to suggest the same yoga practice to a 60 year old arthritic person as i would to a 20 year old athletic person and yet they can still have a very complete and um, personalized yoga practice And, and it wouldn't be less than one isn't better than the other it's just meeting yourself where you're at and using that tool using that Um, knowledge to help yourself into a better healthier I I never want to say better because aren't we all just perfect the way we are
0: (laughs) that is true but I I do like the idea of always um, striving to be better than we were the day before that's just my own personal thing though I like to be better than I was I try to be better than I was the previous day
1: I do like that except We also have to be so pleased with what we are today. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's almost like if we want to be better tomorrow, it's that Madonna song, better than we are today. (laughs) Um, But it is, it's like that conundrum of how can you be so 100% pleased and still know maybe you could be a little better, you could be a little healthier, smarter, make better choices, be friendlier, be better. Be more productive. Oh, as an entrepreneur, sometimes that to-do list can get overwhelming. It's like, oh, what did I not do today? And instead of celebrating, and that's one of those things, too, that yoga helps with. I could get 15 things done, but if I didn't get that one thing done, I'm going to be so hard on myself, and yoga helps to flip that script and say, no, you're not going to be hard on yourself for that one thing you didn't get to. You're going to celebrate the things that you did and know that there's... There's always tomorrow to try to strive to be better, like you said. But give yourself that hug in that moment, too.
0: (laughs) I know you mentioned breathing um, earlier, and that's one of the things I really noticed when I was doing some yoga. And now I am really aware of it when I'm just working out at the gym as well, which I've been practicing my tree pose at the gym as well. (laughs) I don't see very many people doing yoga at the gym. I see a couple people in the one back room, but... Um, yeah, I've, i really been practicing that, but I try to take my shoe off because I noticed it's, I can, I do it very differently when I have a shoe on versus when I have a shoe off too. And, and I like that awareness of it. So I should mention that to the listener as well. That's, it's an interesting change when you are aware of that, just that difference.
1: That is, and there's so many benefits to being barefoot and we almost always do practice yoga barefoot. I will say though, um, since we are talking about chair yoga as well, sometimes shoes are hard to get on and off if you are um, a more sedentary person or in a chair for a physical reason. Um, and so if the shoes are always your foundation, even in your yoga practice, I feel it's okay to leave those shoes on, but I completely agree with you. I actually feel more balanced when I'm barefoot than when I have on my sturdy sneakers like if I'm gonna stand in a tree pose. It's like when I'm walking, I'm, I'm grateful for those st- steady sneakers, but when I'm trying to balance on one foot, you're right. It's like you have more awareness mm-hmm. and more chance to do those micro-corrections so that you don't fall over. It's a really good point. And um, we almost always do yoga barefoot. And I think it's just for that reason. My feet have actually gotten wider through the years. My foundation has gotten more and more stable. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's it's a good it's a really good point. But also if you want to keep your shoes on, keep your shoes on.
0: Well, and and to that point too, since we're still talking about that, it it's something good to tell people too. So if all of a sudden they're doing great because they've always had their shoes on, they need to be aware and cut themselves some grace when they do take their shoes off to try to do some of the same things, it <sighs> is going to cause a bit of a difference to try to regain some of that stability too because your shoes add a little bit of extra stability that we have in a wider surface that I, don't, I never thought about until I started doing the yoga with my shoe off, and it was very different. And I liked it, but it, it, it definitely, you definitely have to cut yourself some grace when you, when you decide to take your shoe off after you've been doing it for a while. So hopefully people will remember that as well.
1: <laughs> and remember to cut themselves some grace. That's a yeah. great one too. I love that.
0: So um, why don't you tell us about um, yoga and breathing? Because that was another thing that I noticed um, when I started to do yoga. And I I found naturally I started to breathe a certain way with different poses. um, And it definitely helped calm me down also. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about breathing and yoga. Uh,
1: One of the areas of yoga that I'm trained in is Kundalini. And my main teacher is in love with a good pranayama and pranayama on, on the yoga scale where we practice, we have our eight limbs, we have our do's and don'ts in the forms of the yamas and niyamas. Then we have our asana and then number four, there is the pranayama and they really do go hand in hand where you're paying attention to how you breathe. Sometimes we have a very slow and steady breath, especially if we're gonna be practicing hatha yoga or sun salutations where we call it ujjayi breath, where it's this very voluminous breath where you're using the whole entire um, diaphragm and having this constriction at the back of your throat that you can hear the breath, that you can really feel the smoothness of it leading you from posture to posture, from move to move. Um, Sometimes we breathe um, blocking off a nostril or two. Uh, sometimes we'll alternate nostril breathing or have rapid uh, breath of fire where it's this pumping of the diaphragm. Sometimes we'll breathe in and out through the nose, in and out through the mouth. And in a pranayama, an actual breath exercise that can last. Um, one of the most famous uh, breath exercises that the world knows is Wim Hof where he has that crazy long You exhale all of the air out and then you don't take an inhale for like ever. (laughs) But it's one of those um, ways to demonstrate how powerful a breath exercise can be. Even just eight minutes of diaphragmatic breathing, which is taking a proper deep breath. So many times we're holding stress at our diaphragm, we're sucking in our gut. We're not even knowing that we're doing it and we're breathing up here and we're holding ourselves in the state of stress. I mean even pretending to do it my shoulders are creeping up i'm i'm feeling smaller it's like you have to really relax so that that diaphragm can open and you can start to get the benefits of using not only your whole lung capacity but getting rid of all of that tension that lives at the diaphragm and using the exhales to get rid of it Inhale brings in fresh, good air. Exhale. We exhale almost 60% of our body's waste. That's a very big statement considering how else our body gets rid of waste. Our exhale is 60% plus of our body's waste. And so the more effective you can make your inhale, the more effective you can make your exhale and breath practices have been part of the vernacular forever. We all know like the famous, uh, uh, Lama's breathing with the, hee, hee, but it's one of those things again where it was meant to bring Mama into a state of calm to help her to focus on what she needed to do and um, to be used in those moments of trauma and miracleness. But I mean, childbirth is traumatic for everyone involved, yes. and so it's one of those things that when you can use that, that's. I mean, taking those slow, deep breaths to talk yourself out of a panic attack. Um, white coat syndrome. Since we're talking about um, yoga for longevity, a huge benefit of learning how to breathe on purpose is you can avoid those white coat the white coat syndrome, where your blood pressure spikes just because you're at the doctor, and then they're concerned about you, and you're like, "Wait a second, maybe I just need a few slow breaths." My students come to me all the time that um, the breathing has helped them through their MRI. Um, radiation chemo all of these things the breath can help them to calm down even in those times of terror and trauma Um, even when you know it's good for you you're at the doctor they're performing the test but you start to get that physical anxiety and then they take the measurements and it's not a true representation of what you what you're going through in your day yeah breathing can really it can help us to sleep better at night it can help us to wake up in the morning it can give us energy throughout the day Uh, my dad always asks me why should i bother my body does it anyway it's breathing anyway and it's just this matter of taking your breath off autopilot breathing on purpose to create the sense of vibrancy and to release your stagnancy 60 percent of our waste is through our exhales and if we're only breathing up here then all of this junk hangs out down here and so that's even something that people could try right now um, very easily even listening to this podcast is just take a full exhale and then exhale some more and you'll see that you can and then try to exhale even more pull those ribs in even more and you'll see that there's even more air hanging out there and so when you can really start to focus even if it's five minutes a day even if it's five breaths a day your body will start to respond and you'll start to crave it and it becomes easier to bring it a habit And they do say, everybody knows, oh, it takes 20 times, 40 times for something to become a habit, unless it's done in play. If you approach it with the heart of a child, if you approach it with, oh, I'm going to learn a new breath practice today. Isn't that exciting? I'm going to learn how to bring vibrancy and health into my body. Yay. Instead of, oh, breathing. That sounds so boring. Why would I want to do that? I breathe anyway. (laughs) Um, and so if you can approach it with that mind of a child, with that joy, with that sense of fun, it only takes, it takes less than 10 times that for it to become that habit. And so you can cut your training time in half if you approach life and everything you do with it with a sense of play.
0: Well, and one of the things you mentioned earlier too is, um, and I try to work with my clients on the proper way to breathe through your diaphragm because most people, they breathe through their chest instead of their diaphragm. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. um, one of the things when you do that is you definitely increase the stimulation of your parasympathetic nervous system, which then definitely does, like you said, it literally calms your body down, not just physically from feeling like anxiety or or panic or anything like that, but internally it calms everything down as well. So when you do things like that uh, and you breathe through your chest instead of your diaphragm, it can set off a cascade of events that sometimes people don't ever think about. Because like you said, they're on autopilot and they think, oh, my body's doing it anyways. And and you can retrain your body to breathe through your diaphragm. And so then it starts on autopilot breathing through your diaphragm too. So I want people to, to really be encouraged with that thought too, that your body can change as well just to breathe on autopilot through your diaphragm. And doing that can have dramatic effects On your blood pressure, on your overall health, your brain health, a whole host of things.
1: One of the things that you didn't mention that proper breathing can help with is helping us to assimilate our food and our digestion. Because when we're always breathing up here, we're not getting that um, tonifying uh, movement of the gut, helping us to move our food through, helping us, our body to absorb the nutrients and then get rid of the waste which is um, actually one of the main goals of yoga is to help us to assimilate not only our food that we take into our mouth, but the food that we give our eyes, our ears, our senses to help us to digest those things, use them for the goodness, and then release what isn't, what is no longer necessary. And so even that full diaphragmatic breath, the diaphragm being a, a muscle in our body that tends to get um, sad and flabby without use, just like our biceps and triceps. But when you do start to breathe deeply, you give, I mean, even just now take a few slow, big belly breaths where you're opening up into the very base of your, of your rib cage into the base of into that, um, diaphragm. And you can feel the belly start to expand your physical belly and your organs start to get that massage. And all of a sudden you 're digesting your food better, metabolizing better, and yay, just with some with some proper breaths you 're helping yourself to um, to improve that that nutritional um, uptake that we get with our food
0: before we go. I always like to ask my guests for their don 't miss this moment um, what would be the the takeaway that you really want the listener to um, really take away and not miss from this episode?
1: I would want them to take away that yoga is very customizable to the person that they are today, that they don't have to worry about what it looks like on anyone else. There's always going to be someone stronger and more flexible in the room. But whether you are recovering from a traumatic thing whether you are in the prime of your life and just looking to improve your posture and your breathing whether you are a kid wanting to bring a little bit of joy into their life yoga is entirely customizable for today tomorrow next year and next decade you can use yoga in so many different ways throughout your life to support yourself it's for everyone, and it's completely customizable for the person that you are today.
0: I love that, and and I was definitely pleased when I did my yoga class with you, especially because the first couple of classes I took, it was more people like my age or younger, definitely the younger generation. But for your class, there were people of all ages, so um, and abilities as well. So I definitely would uh, love that. Just don't miss this moment. You know, that it doesn't matter what age you are or ability you have, uh, just go and try it and you'll you'll definitely feel better.
1: You'll definitely feel better. And there's so many teachers out there to choose from. There's so many um, ways to do it that you really can. If the first one you try doesn't work, try another. Approach mm-hmm. it with that sense of play until you find your favorite game. <laughs>
0: Well, why don't you tell my listener where they can find you or follow you, um, especially on your YouTube channel, because I know you've got some good YouTube videos up.
1: If you want to continue um, learning about how I approach teaching yoga, uh, you can find me at YogaIsServed.com. I am on YouTube as Yoga Is Served. I am on Facebook and Instagram as Yoga Is Served. I really did fall in love with yoga hook, line and sinker eight years ago and i spend my life learning and teaching and helping people heal i book uh, privates through zoom i have a small little personal or private uh, yoga room where i do thai massage and personal yoga uh, one-on-ones and i teach all around town Um, and i'm now working on two hopefully by the time this podcast airs is it'll be ready, but yoga for neurodivergence. So yoga to help people harness their inner superpower and to release the weirdo within.
0: Well, that's great. I will definitely put all of your links in the show notes so people can find you. And I think it's great that you also um, book sessions with yoga in zoom format. So even if they don't live close by or sometimes they want to feel a little more comfortable in their own living room, that's excellent. So that's great. I I see clients one-on-one as well, virtually or in person. So that's always nice when uh, you have the virtual uh, ability as well. So that's good.
1: Virtual is underrated, and that's one of those newer forms of yoga. But I personally have to say um, my practice, I've only met my main teacher once in my life, in real life. She has been on the computer um, and just in group class, I never even had really any one-on-ones. You don't have to have anything special, just a computer. YouTube has a ton. It's not just me. If you don't like my voice, I'm not for everyone. Um, but if you don't like my voice, there's there's so many, so, so many, um, especially after pandemic. Everybody got, all of us little yoga teachers got our cameras out. And we're like, we're going to do this, everyone. Let's, let's heal. Um, and so it really is find yoga online is is a tremendous way to heal especially if you are introverted especially if you are in pain and can't leave the house especially if um, you aren't comfortable in a group setting a lot of times we get intimidated going into a yoga studio especially when it's you know $25 for a class and everybody else knows what's going on and you don't know what to do and you know you just wanted to try it and you walk in and you're completely overwhelmed and so take it slow, find an app you like, there's apps. You don't even have to take a class with a real person anymore, you can find an app.
0: So thank you so much for being on today. Um, Susie, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me and I think it was a great conversation and, then I, and I think people are really gonna learn a lot and hopefully they'll take this new year's resolution and uh, roll with it and maybe start a little yoga.
1: That would be amazing. We need more yogis in the world.
0: <laughs> are you looking for a good probiotic? Seed DS1 Daily Symbiotic has both prebiotic and probiotic. It supports digestive health, heart health, skin health, and gut health, including those who suffer with IBS. Their products are clinically studied and third-party tested for quality, and I think you'll be impressed with their eco-friendly packaging. Click the link in the show notes and use my code FORGIVEN for 15% off your first month supply. If you want to continue learning and hearing all things nutrition for your mind, body, and spirit, click like, subscribe, or favorite me on whatever podcast platform you use. Or you can find me at ForgivenNutritionist.com. This podcast was designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your health and wellness goals with your current healthcare provider. It is not meant to diagnose or treat any illness or medical condition or take the place of any treatments from your current health care providers.